Can you believe we are almost done with the book? Probably a few more episodes and we'll be done. But right now we're getting into, okay, well, maybe the falling asleep is hard as fuck too. Falling asleep can be just as hard to do, if not harder, for people with depression. Of course, we, l- we see those ads for antidepressants that show people in bed all day sleeping their lives away, which, like, don't get me wrong, can be hella true, but what happens when you get too much sleep, or you nap in the middle of the day, or perhaps, like me, you get a rushing wave of anxiety, creativity at 11 p.m., and before you know it, you've made a Pinterest page for an Etsy business that you'll never actually start that sells magnetic dog clothes <laughs> because you're furious at the current models or the current model for dog wear design and you don't even have a dog. And then it's 4 a.m. and even though your eyes are red as fuck, you are exhausted and ready for bed. The sleep just doesn't want to come. There are so many ways why falling asleep can be the most difficult part about depression. But there are a few tips and tricks to use beyond the regular bullshit of not eating past 8 p.m., blah, blah. Only use your bed for sleep and sex, blah, blah. That just doesn't apply to us depressed humans. But of course, try to apply those simple, stupid rules when you can. Get some blue light glasses. I'm not going to try to convince you to stay off your phone past 9 p.m. because I am also a young, phone-obsessed being who at least once a week, falls asleep with their phone in their hand. So instead, give get them blue light glasses. So at least when you are binge-watching a TV show while simultaneously Snapchatting on your phone while also reading your favorite new crime novel on your iPad, you'll be blocking out some of that digital light that tricks the brain into... Thinking light. Must be time to get up. Lavender anything. Bath bomb. Epsom salt. Pillow spray. Essential oils. Whatever. Lavender is known to have calming spa-ass properties that help you feel nice and cozy. I have a pillow spray and I soak my pillowcase every night of the week and sleep like an angel. I even started growing lavender in my little garden because I wanted to make my own syrup for decaffeinated tea at night. Melatonin can be your friend, but stick to a very low dose of it because 
What they don't tell you on the box is that if you take too much melatonin, you can actually start to feel more awake. You will even feel more groggy the next morning if you try to get, if you try to up your tolerance. Also, duh, consult your doc before talking or taking, not talking, taking anything, blah, blah, blah. You guys know that by now, right? Really stop the fucking coffee past 2 p.m. I'm guilty as hell of this one, but find a way to curb your cravings for stimulation past 2 p.m. Masturbate to sleep. Y'all already know this is one of my faves. There is no better feeling than the sleepies after a good O. Sometimes the masturbating will put me to sleep before I finish. A success if you ask me. If I wake up in the middle of the night with a numb hand and (laughs) overstretched PJ drawstrings, I know I was more tired than I thought. Keep something next to your bed to store thoughts in. A journal. Sticky notes, a fucking voice recorder for all I care. Use it before you go to bed to get all those ruminating feelings and ideas out. Or if you wake up at exactly 3.17 a.m. every night like I do with a brilliant thought, have something in arm's reach so you can get that thought out and also some paper for you to revisit in the a.m. If you have a partner, consider a separate sleeping arrangement. I am a very light sleeper. I like to have 700 pillows when I sleep. I want to be a starfish and stretch all limbs into a final resting position. As you can imagine, this is not ideal for my partner who is 6'4 and can confirm. I will take your soul if you wake me up in the middle of the night because I have so much trouble sleeping, okay? It's not my fault. The best goddamn thing I ever did for our relationship was build my princess bed, as we call it. We took an extra loft space that was a weird-shaped room and fit fit a queen mattress perfectly in the corner. I bought a foam topper that was lavender-scented and put up a bunch of Christmas lights and surrounded the room with books, and it feels like the coziest little reading nook that could house the Princess Meghan Markle. This is my extended invite to you, girl. If you ever want to come over and try it, you are so welcome to. The mattress is so fucking soft. I wouldn't feel a pee even if you stuck a... Costco-sized bag of frozen dinner peas underneath me, hence the name Princess Room. And when either one of us needs extra special attention in regard to resting, as a princess would, they get to sleep in the princess bed. It hasn't affected our intimacy, and the room is an open loft as We can still see and talk to each other before falling asleep. It's very cute. Feels like we are in giant adult bunk beds. I think every night before I fall asleep, what fucking idiot decided couples need to sleep together? 
fuck that guy. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. Oh, man. Okay, where are we at? Let's see. Try listening to white noise. And I know that might sound counterintuitive. Kelsey, why would I want noise if I'm falling asleep and I hear you? I thought white noise sounded like TV static for a lot of my life until I got an Alexa. I asked my little homie Alexa every night to play rain sleep sounds and it works like a freaking charm because as soon as I close my eyes, my brain can run free while it imagines various scenarios of me in the rain doing all sorts of fun shit. It's like counting sheep, but you are the sheep and you are running and trotting, I guess, in the rain. ASMR also counts. I thought I was one of the unlucky ones who didn't get a tiny skin orgasm whenever I listened to ASMR until I discovered head-scratching ASMR, which is some stranger who scratches a mannequin's head into a tiny and powerful microphone, and when plays through my speakers, it sounds like I'm getting the head massage, y'all. The internet is a wonderfully weird and beautiful place. Okay, so... The next little section is body love challenge, and it says, write a love letter to a part of your body you hate. In what ways has it served you, been there for you? Can you get a little steamy, a little sexy, or is it heartfelt, appreciative? And then what is something weird you love about your body? And what does your internal monologue sound like? When you are feeling really confident, well, scream it loud and proud into your brains. Write it here as many times as it will fit on the page. Feel each fucking word. Okay, now, this part is called Meeting Little Kelsey. And your first combo, Meeting Little You. All right, another one that perhaps a grown adult will roll their eyes at. But before you scoff off at at me asking you to play pretend, know that this exercise made me cry harder than anything. I've cried about in therapy sessions. Get your tissues out. It was a particularly hard therapy session beating myself up out loud when a doctor did something he'd never done before he interrupted me he said i need to stop you i want to ask you something what do you think little kelsey would think of the way you're talking about her right now huh my face said back to him still confused That this sweet, quiet man had interrupted me for the first time in the two years I'd been seeing him. I want you to think about yourself as a little girl, younger than a teenager, but older than a toddler, who can understand the basics of relationships and emotions, maybe around the age of six or seven. Little Kelsey. Little Kelsey 
didn't know what anxiety, depression, or self-deprecation meant, did she? She took emotions and conversations at face value. I want you to think of her right now. How would she comfort Big Kelsey? Is Big Kelsey me right now, I asked. Yep, he said curtly. Okay, well, when I think of myself as a kid, no, no, this motherfucker interrupted me again. Don't think of yourself in your memory. I want you to imagine little Kelsey as her own person sitting next to you right now. What she looked like, what she wearing, and how would she feel if you talked to her that way? I looked at the empty space on the velvet green couch next to me and began to see little Kelsey form. She was wearing this white flowery t-shirt she wore so many times as a kid that her mom secretly had to throw away because little Kelsey would wear it days on end without letting her mom wash it. I saw her in this way too big navy cargo shorts that she ran around the neighborhood wearing because she loved playing outside, catching lizards, climbing trees. She wore these white lace ankle socks and blue Velcro shoes. She had a half up, half down messy ponytail that came out like a fountain at the top of her head. And she had a permanently stained mouth from all the red popsicles she used to eat. And she was looking at me with those big doe eyes and a faint smile. She was so innocent and vulnerable. And I lost my fucking shit. I started crying, like crying, crying, where you can't catch your breath and there's liquid falling out of your mouth and nose crying. And then the strangest thing happened. I saw in my own mind that small, beautiful little Kelsey reach over and hugged me, big Kelsey in that moment, and told me it was going to be okay. And then I lost my shit all over again. When I finally stopped crying long enough to make intelligent sentences, my smug ass, but wonderful therapist, looked at me beaming. He knew he'd unlocked some magical shit. And I had to give it to him. He fucking did. I think we got so wrapped up in adulthood so quickly, we spend all of our teen years wishing we were older. And then when you're older, you just want to be respected or successful or whatever the next stage in life is supposed to be. Rarely do we go back and think of ourselves as little as having a relationship to ourselves now. Our big selves, not just looking back on memories, but imagining what our little selves would say to our bigger selves. How would they think of each other? How do they speak to one another? They would be proud of us, no doubt. No matter what position we currently are in or feel like we are in, little us would Oh, so sorry. Be so happy and we'd make that we made it this far. That we had done so many things in our lives that 
big us surely forgets about or sweeps under the rug. It's also important to accept what little you has gone through. How have they been influenced? How do they understand love? How do they feel about critical parental figures? Do they have the freedom to explore passions and play at this age? Know that how little you was impacted as a child will most definitely impact big you. In moments of pain or depression, it's easy to be cruel to ourselves, but I've used this tool of little Kelsey to imagine her sitting next to me in times of toughness when needed. We're whip smart together. We are curious and kind. I try to speak to myself the way I would speak to her and to think of it the other way around. I'd imagine all the things that she would want to know about all the fascinating shit I've done in my life, even down to the little moments of what it's like or was like to kiss my crush for the first time, or was high school as fun as the movies, or if I still played piano as well as I did when I was a kid. I would love for you to meet little you and see what amazing and positive conversations can come from having them around. So tell me, where is little you going to appear right now? What is little you wearing? What is little you super into right now in their life? What does little you's laugh sound like? And what are they most likely to laugh at right now? What would little you be so proud of you about? What would little you tell big you if they knew you were sad? What would you say to little you that is different than how you would talk to big you if little you were sad? Can you give little you permission to come visit from time to time when you need them? How do you say bye to little you? And now that little you is back off to the little land, how did that feel? What would you accomplish if you knew you could not fail? That it was guaranteed to work. All your depression, anxiety, and panic disappeared. Tell me how you would do it and why. And the last one is, what do you need to hear right now? That is it for today. But thank you so, so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Please make sure to hit that follow button. And I will talk to you guys next time. Have a beautiful day, guys. Bye.